You're listening to the Ember Lecturer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald Reprobates podcast. This is the very first episode, the inaugural episode, if you will, with myself, Derek. And James. Um, we're just going to be going through some random news, movies, different bits and pieces, uh, chewing the fat and seeing where that leads. So, um, I mean, something just struck me in the flicking through the news there earlier on. And Evander Holofield finds himself in the celebrity Big Brother house, you know, quote unquote celebrity. But um, he's got himself in a little bit of hot water already, talking about uh, he basically reckons that being gay is uh, ain't normal, as he put it. He's talking to some girl that I've... Um, Zisman? Something was her. I don't know who she is. They got handcuffed together Okay. yesterday when they went into the house in pairs and... She got stuck with him. Okay. He looked very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So she some conversation sparked up anyway where there's something about, you know, not openly gay sports stars and all. And Evander Holofield kind of seems to reckon you can be taken to a doctor to be fixed, you know, because she put it to him that, um, you know, basically that's just the way some people are born. And, uh, you know, his fantastic response to that was, uh, it don't make no difference. If you're born and your leg were turned this way, what do you do? You go to a doctor and get it fixed back right. Now, I mean, are they not the ramblings of a fucking lunatic right there? Well, the man been punched in the head for the last 40 years, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he minus an ear? And he, wasn't he Tyson's buffet? Yeah, he was. That's right, yeah. He yeah. Was. But yeah, so this guy, you know, I mean, I can only assume it's bored housewives and the like sitting at home watching this big brother nonsense. So, I mean, I can only imagine, like, the, the flood of calls that came in Looking to to them. Who was who? Who runs that? Channel Four? Or? No, Channel Five now. Channel Four <laughs> ended it. Really? Channel Five <laughs> bought it. <laughs> it's downgraded so badly now that it's okay. Channel Five. Well, anyway, if any, if they have a, an active phone line, I'm sure it was flooded with calls. I'm sure their their switchboard lit up nicely. They do, and it would have been Celebrity Big Brother. Can you name? Or do you know any of the celebrities that were in it? Um, only one, and it was it was only because when I was driving to work the other day, they were there was I think I think the first episode was the other night or whatever yeah. when everybody went in, and there was just one of the names that again the only reason it stood out to me is because um, the better half has been watching this fucking Only Way as Essex. Have you seen it? No. It's, avoid it's, all that. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. I'm not going to bore everybody with it. It's basically it's a reality show that's not a reality show. It's staged, but it's made to look like it's a reality show. But anyway, there's one of the girls out at um Sam Bailey. I'm inclined to say Sam something. I think it's Bailey. Um, no, that's th- the X Factor girl, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, the, the, the overload of uh, reality TV for me. Uh, Sam something or other. Anyway, is um basically that was the only name that jumped out at me and even at that can you say celebrity i mean she's part of a, a fake reality show no. i mean it's not really no, evander holyfield is by far the only celebrity in it he's and even at that i mean he's celebrity like he's on a level of celebrity that's below i'm a celebrity get me out of here which I mean they're fucking they're like zed list at best so, i mean he's an old yeah. sports star he's not really celebrity per he's se not. you know they also had jim davison who presented oh, tv shows big break possibly and one of the Nolan sisters. Surely Operation U3 is coming after him. No, he, he got off. He was up, was he? I think so. <laughs> oh, right. he, was. That's, uh, he escaped. No, because he was BBC, wasn't he? Oh, no doubt at some stage. Yeah, yeah. 
Because you know that was just a farm for paedophiles. Like it was. Esther Ransom put up this massive smoke screen. It was like you know nobody will ever look here. It's like Scooby Doo. They pull off a mask. It's not Esther Ransom at all. It's fucking Rolf Harris. Didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. Fuck that. But yeah, so Hollyfield. Just get yourself down to the Hollyfield Doctor Center and get your gay fixed. Yep. That simple, really, you know. Like some Botox and not to be gay. Yeah, you know, it's clearly go hand in hand. Uh, another fantastic story that, that came out was uh, basically a woman who found a snake in a second-hand couch. I mean, I, I gotta just, I, I'll just read the article. It came from fear.net. It's, um, while my DVD collection is filled out with used copies of movies from Amazon and my toy collection comprised largely of vintage treasures found on eBay, I draw the line at previously owned items that have actually that I actually have to wear or sit on. This is just something about second-hand couches that skeeves me out like nothing else, and I'm willing to bet that a woman named Holly Wright is feeling the same way right about now. This girl in Grand Rapids, Michigan, basically touch on, took on this couch she found on the side of the road, no less. I mean, not only secondhand, was, wasn't even got from a reputable source, like, not even off a skip, at the side of the road. Like. Well, you get everything you deserve then. Oh, you deserve everything you get. Pretty much. Basically, there was a, a four-foot-long python hiding out in the coils in, in the couch, and... Uh, Oh, wait, it died? Oh. Yeah, when it finally emerged and soon after died. I mean, so, you know, it didn't even actually do anything too crazy, but but I mean... As a snake, it's not the worst snake to have on your couch. It's going to hug you to death. It won't bite you. Yeah, I know, but I mean, still, a fucking four-foot pint. I mean, there's a picture here, I mean, obviously snapped on a phone of just the thing's head. I don't know if it's still dead or alive at this stage, but... I can imagine the thing probably died of fucking, you know, its eardrums bursting from her screaming at the side of a four-foot bleeding pint. but I mean, like, what the fuck are you thinking? You, you pulled something in off the side of the road. Yeah, how long has it been there? It's yeah. winter. Michigan's fairly cold. Yeah, Michigan, I mean, at best you're hoping there's no uh, family of possums or raccoons or something. Like that. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is native to, to Michigan, like, you know what I mean? Penguins probably at the moment with the fucking sort of weather they're getting, yeah. but... Uh, they were shoveling snow from that neck of the woods before the American football off the, the stadium. The fans were in shoveling the snow. That was so the the Green Bay Packers. Yes, but um, I know. So I mean, like you take a couch and off the side of the road, and then you're gonna have this shock look on your face that a fucking snake crawled. I mean, surely to God, you when you picked it up, you checked it or looked yeah. at it, kind of lifted the cushions, anything that would unearth a fucking four foot snake. I mean, it wasn't a rat or something like that. It was a four foot yeah. snake. I mean, let's say the snakes. You consider that lucky. It could be a rabid badger. Honey badger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a honey badger of all things, yeah. But uh, no, just uh, just when I seen that like woman with a fucking snake in the couch, like that she just pulled in off the side of the road, it's just it's ludicrous. I mean, uh, that's the sort of shit. I mean, it's reserved solely for fucking jippos and you know, fucking car booters or something. I don't know. The jippos wouldn't take a couch off the side of the road. No, but well they there. would, and they'd sell it back <laughs> on to somebody else. But should look at. So James got around to watching where the Millers. Um, at some stage last week, I had the, can I say, pleasure of seeing it in the cinema like a fucking sucker. I handed over my money and went into that. But we, there was one scene in particular, I mean, it's, it's not the worst movie you'll ever see, but there was one scene in particular that stood out. It's where Jennifer Aniston is, um, she plays a stripper in the movie who's pretending to be like this clean-cut mother. They end up running in with some Mexican drug baron or something like that. And in order to try and prove that they're not this clean cut family, she's to strip to prove that she's a stripper. And what unfolds could only be described as 
possibly the most awkward and unsexy strip routine I've ever seen. Yeah, if she worked at my strip club, I would have fired her long ago. Well, I mean, due to lack of business. I mean, as you pointed out as well, like the the whole premise in the film is she's given out in the strip club for not wanting to sleep with customers. I mean, she's like a forty-something-year-old stripper. That's like yeah, you know she should have to sleep with the customers at this yeah, stage. I mean, uh, that's, yeah, it should be mandatory because I mean, like like I said, that nobody's mm. paying to see her knee shooters like at this stage, you know. But um, it, it got us onto talking about like you know other so-called sexy moments in strip in films, and we were talking about the Elizabeth Berkeley. Um, what oh, was in, it? In showgirls. Showgirls. Swimming pool. Sex yeah. scene. Where she basically has an epileptic fit in a swimming pool and, you know, it's, it's meant to convince us that it's, uh, you know, she's having sex or then you have... She looked more like drowning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looked like she'd been attacked by a four-foot yeah, couch okay. snake. <laughs> but, um, what you call it then? The other one that, that I hadn't seen but had heard of was the... What's your girl? Uh, Domino. No, oh. Natalie Portman. Natalie yeah. Portman, um, much better stripper in Closer. Closer, yeah, mm-hmm. which apparently, like you know, she's a gets a right dirty little bitch on, but which I find hard to believe given that she's built like a twelve-year-old boy. But uh, no, they make it work somehow. James assures me much that better it, than Jennifer Aniston. I haven't seen it, and I've n- probably no intention of seeing it to be honest either. But yeah, you Domino as well. Again, Kira Knightley blessed with the body of a twelve-year-old boy yeah. as well. And it'll stop a shootout in a drug den did by, they by doing a lap dance didn't she go topless in Domino no uh, possibly later on I can't remember I, I thought it I was think Domino. she does well what I mean I mean I say topless it's you know the you probably fucking see more with Mickey Rourke getting his top off like he's probably got big well actually at the moment he definitely has bigger tits than Portman and fucking Knightley put together but I mean that's probably not hard really in fairness no definitely not Okay, we got some. Well, and after oh. Where the Millers, yes. I watched the worst film of all time. Okay. I watched The Heat. Oh, yes, The Heat. Fucking what a film. Again, you know, myself and the wife, on the rare occasion she gets to pick films when we go to cinema, that, uh, you know, last year happened to be one of these years where these were two films that I ended up paying to see, and I actually fucking handed over hard earned cash to see The Heat. Sandra Bullock and that. Melissa McCarthy supposedly Person. funny fat board like that's like you know that's that's her thing she's not actually funny she mm. just puts herself into fat awkward positions like and that's meant to be yeah. comedy but i wouldn't say she loses her parking space to sandra bullock mm-hmm. then has to park in between some police cars and instead of reversing out and finding another spot crawls uh, through several windows which because she's fat is meant to be funny but it's not it just proves she's stupid yeah i mean again it's just it's one of these things where it's, you know, it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same girl anyway, was in the Bridesmaid movie, which again, <laughs> I paid to fucking see. But uh, anyway, Jesus Christ, I'm just realising how much Hollywood owes me at this stage. It's at least but 30 euro there. <laughs> at least 30 quid anyway, yeah. Not including popcorn. But um, yeah, you know, it was like, you know, the he falls into that same category for me. It was, they had a, a couple of ideas of kind of sketches nearly that would be better off on SNL or something like that, where it would be a singular funny sketch. And they just tried to tie it together with a movie. And, I mean, to me, The Heat was the same. It was this painfully obvious film. I mean, outside, I mean, I can't even really remember. You know, the way your mind has this great way of blocking out kind of bad feelings and bad memories and shit. Well, like the prim or proper FBI agent, Sandra Bullock, meets the crazy cop and they don't get on. Yeah, I remember the general premise of it. It was, you know, it's your typical fucking odd couple. But but the actual movie, it's, it's a blur of just shit. There's a drug dealer. They're trying to get them. They get them. They're meant to be funny. They're not funny. Yeah, they introduce this fucking 
and I mean, as I said to James earlier on, I mean, the, the, you get introduced to um, the fat boards family, you know, and it's this typical Boston family, all loud, all really fucking annoying. And but that's all it does in the film is it annoys you, do, you know. What I mean, and I guess you could argue that it does its job because you meant they're meant to come across as annoying. But in a film that's already kind of pissing you off, to put this in is just insult to injury. It really is. It was terrible, but hopefully we have a better look at films next year. Yeah, well, there's a good run of stuff coming up. I mean, you've got a lot of comic book movies coming out, which is, you know, it's always one of those kind of, it's, it's a 50-50, it's a flip-the-coin situation. It's great to see them being made. Uh, you know, I mean, as a comic book fan, it's great to see these films come out, and with the technology we have nowadays, you can make them to their potential. But so many times, they just they just stray from what are tried-and-tested stories in the books to just, you know, I don't know if it's too many executives sitting around a table or what, but you just get this fucking shite then that's churned out. I mean, there's been so many absolutely piss-poor comic book movies like that. You know, you can't help but be sceptical every time they announce a new one. And especially when this, this new craze now, I think Brian Singer done it recently, and uh, I know there was another one done it, but they're, they're, they're talking about the next film to the one they're making. I mean, Brian Singer is talking about X-Men, yeah, X-Men Apocalypse. And I mean, Days of Future Past isn't even out yet. I mean, how the fuck are you meant to get excited about Days of Future Past when he's already rabbiting on about Apocalypse? And they've done it in potentially Spider-Man as well, I think, where they're setting up for the Sinister Six and Venom. That's what it is. And I mean, Spider-Man 2 isn't even out yet, so you haven't even got the Rhino or Electro. You know what I mean? And they're already hitting you up with Sinister Six and Venom. Like, I mean, it's just one step at a time. Like, let, let's let's enjoy the film as it comes out or, or you know, judge them as they come yeah, out, so to speak. Make one film, make it well, then move on. Yeah, well, that's it. And I mean, you know, because the the sacrilege of it all is then, like, the ones that are really good and staying true to the fans, like um, like last year's Dread, or, no, two years ago now? Uh, yeah, two year, years, two, two years. It would have been 2012, yeah. I mean, it's not getting a sequel because, like, it didn't bring in the money it needed to bring in. But it was a far better film than a lot of I mean, look, I, I, like I big-budget action movies. I could probably list, off the top of my head, no doubt, I could guarantee you five or six million films straight off the top of my head, like comic book-based movies over the last decade, that have been absolute dog shit in general, not just compared to Dread. I mean, Dread was really good. I know it, I, I know it did kind of get hampered a little with the fact that its story... And um, was ran so close to that of the Raid Redemption, yep. but to the best of my understanding, the, the Raid Redemption was made after it. Yeah. But Dread got held up in post production and some, you know, Hollywood bullshit. There's been a lot of people won't have seen the Raid because it's in whatever language it was um, in. Well, it's, I think this was a Singapore or a show. Somewhere Malaysia. Like a lot of people don't like to read their films. And they wouldn't have watched it. Come on, we, we actually watched it with no <laughs> subtitles. And I mean, the film made just as much sense with no subtitles it as it did with subtitles. Probably more, actually, because you know the poor translation that goes yeah. on with that. I mean, you're talking about a film made in Malaysia by a Welshman. I mean, what the fuck are you going to expect in the way of subtitles, you know? When we went to the cinema to see it, there was the three people in the cinema, so yeah. nobody saw it. Yeah, it was. It, it, was, it was definitely, um, you know, call it a sleeper, if you will, but it was definitely one of those films that, you know, more people should have seen. But, you know, it, it doesn't excuse the fact that, you they're, know... They're spending their money on the heat. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like uh, Grown Ups 2 last uh, year. What was it? It topped. It topped one of the major films of last year. Possibly possibly Iron Man 3? Something? No, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. I know. That I, I, I can't think off the top of my head because I'm, I'm, I'm clouded in a fit of red mist rage that Grown Ups 2 was ever made, let alone fucking knocked some other film off the top. But I know it definitely trumped some other film well, last year. It probably year. did. 
you know and I mean it's just outrageous that like grown ups too I mean what the fuck who wants to see Adam Sandler Chris Rock and like just basically a bunch of actual mates hanging out again doing piss poor Saturday Night Live reject skits together yeah. for the second time no less you know it's just that's a no comedy is probably one of the most subjective things when you're watching a film but that stuff's not funny no it's it not it's it's like even you know for me anyway you go down the route of the likes of your anchorman anchorman i mean people are raving about anchorman too now kind of going, oh yeah it became like this cult thing you got to go see anchorman but i mean the fact of the matter is anchorman didn't particularly do well in a lot of territories when it came out oh, it did well afterwards on DVD. Yeah, it w- it's DVD is where it found its cult market, but I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of people will tell you, oh yeah, Anchorman, and they can quote shit like, I love Lamp and all this crack or whatever from it. But to me, that style of comedy where you you know it's really improv heavy, I don't know, I mean, it does, it just feels like people hanging out in front of a camera saying what, and trying to trump one another by saying funny shit, like, you know, that's the way, and ultimately, a lot of time it doesn't come across as funny, you know no, what I mean? it doesn't. I got the same thing from This Is The End. You know, it was fu- funny in parts, but yeah. very thrown together. Yeah, literally. I mean, like, you know, it was. It was one of them films, again, a bunch of mates just hanging out making a movie because they can. I mean, they even take the piss in it, like, by, by making on Camcord or Pineapple Express 2. Like, that would literally tell you the sort of thought that goes into the movies these boys are in. I, I, I don't doubt that that's the produ- production process. Because we're on the other side of things. You have three very funny films in the Cornetto trilogy. Which are well written, and you stick can mostly stick to the script. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah, they're, they're script written films. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you've got Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, who like I mean, but again, I can understand they they probably are somewhat of a marmite duo, as that like you know I mean because I find the films absolutely hilarious. I mean, I, I but I didn't always. That's that's the weird thing when I seen Shaun of the Dead in the cinema. I came away kind of not under. I'd never seen Space or anything like that, so I came away like a little bit confused it was like the film didn't know what it wanted to be because it, w- it was very much horror in parts it was very much comedy i mean you get to the scene where you know spoiler alert he shoots his mother but um you know it was very much dramatic like you know that's all right but i came away kind of a bit confused as to what did what just happened what did i just see but with time like a film like that just grew on me yeah. and I, I could watch it back to back now like you know so now he shoots his mother and two minutes later they're to that Queen song, they're beating up zombies. Yeah, they, yeah, and then you know, you got your fart jokes as his best mate is dying and all, and then you got you know Hot Fuzz, which again is just I always liked Hot Fuzz. It's just a really, really funny film, and then this year or well last year as well as now, so we're into 2014. But you had um, The World's End, which again I was I have to say I was a little bit skeptical about when I seen the trailer because the whole aliens and lights coming out of our mouth and all kind of threw me I was kind of like you know wow, where, where are they going with this but when I went to see it like it was it was absolutely hilarious it was you know equally as funny as the previous tale it is now it's a funny film but again it's serious as well there's a decent story about a guy who can't let go of the past oh yeah and I mean and, and, and I guess you know it's an alcoholic guy who can't let go of the past I mean like, it is there's there's a definite serious undertone to it whereas you know I'm sure everybody or well everybody in at least their, their 30s maybe would have that friend who he's the remember when guy like he, no story ever starts with like this week or la, you know what I mean or, or next week it's always remember when because they're, they're not trapped in the shit they done that you know they just can't move forward and then you, you combine that with the fact that he's a bill's hound like you know so most of those guys are like yeah. you never find a guy who's generally sober who's living in the present no no, or no. The past no so um 
But uh, with all that movie talk, I suppose we should introduce the... I don't know if you can hear this if I give it a little shake. This is the James's brainstorm here. Um, the movie box of doom. It's a, a movie box of doom. Uh, which basically, it's it's... It's a Smarties ice cream tub, to be honest. Um, it's an empty Smarties ice cream tub filled with a lottery of films. Basically, James assures me there's at least about 400 films in here. Now, the premise of this is we're going to get the box a shake. We're going to take turns in this, but we're going to pull out a movie. They're pretty obscure. I mean, we, we'll go for it here now just to, to give you some idea of the obscurity. Okay, I've got, a, okay, we've got Adventures and Babysitting right here. What did you get? The Evil Dead 2. So Dead you can't too. get no. that much far further apart than I that. I Frankenhooters. <laughs> is that even a movie? Apparently it is. Okay. And Children of the Corn. Okay, right. So that that gives you the idea. So that's how diverse and obscure the films are. We've got these movies. We're going to pull one out, take turns doing it. We each have to watch the movie separately, as it may be. And then we're going to pit our movie knowledge against each other by asking three questions the following episode and what we're going to do then is we'll be tallying up the score over the course of the year and you know i'm you know we'll come up with some forfeit for the loser or maybe the listeners can come up with some sort of a forfeit that will have to be verified via video or photo all over the the interweb so the and you may also find the hidden gems and yeah, I mean, it, it, so I mean, I'm sure it's not all crap like Frank and Hooters and Adventures in Babysitting. I mean, what else oh, have I got Matthew here? Will Lert is in I there. just pulled beaches for Christ's sake. Come on, tell me there's something going. Hang on, I first, can see first blood. Okay, and I just see peeping up here. I'm cheating here. I see one facing up, and it's platoon. So I mean, there are a couple of good movies in there. So what we'll do is, um, do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, you go first. Okay, ladies first. Mm. Right, I'll give it a good old shake here now and reach in, and oh, we've got a it's it's a beaut. It's a classic. It's it's nowhere to run. But Jean Claude Van Damme at his finest. Indeed. Well, we say finest. It's Jean Claude Van Damme, arguably the Jason Statham of the eighties or nine. What would he have been biggest in eighties or nineties? Uh, the nineties after Universal Soldier, which was ninety two or thereabouts. Okay, yeah, because I know Time Cop was about ninety five. The yeah. only reason I know that is because I remember going to see him and my brother and the ambassador. <laughs> I think we were the only two people there watching it. So nowhere to run. We both give it a watch this week. There'll be three questions each to be thrown at each other next week, and we'll tally up the scores, and there shall be a forfeit for the loser by the end of the year. There will. I like Nowhere to Run. It's a good film. I can't re- I honestly couldn't differentiate. Uh, the only film, Van Damme film, I could probably differentiate would be Cyborg, because... Yes, there's no Cyborgs in there. There were Cyborgs, exactly, but I mean, you have all the other ones, Nowhere to Run, AWOL, Force Blood... Yeah, this is... He's ru- he's I think he's escaped from prison and he hides out in Patricia Arquette's house and there's some bad guys who want our land. Oh, okay. You know, and he's, he saves he the day. He, the he, he roundhouses them all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's it. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. he's one trick pony doesn't really quite sum him up but uh, it, it's as close as we can get. Okay. Um, any gripes from work this week? Yes. Okay. There's always gripes from work. There's gripes from work. All right. I'd go to collect this guy. He's at a restaurant. Well, uh, let's. James drives a taxi, dealing with the creme de la creme of Dublin public, um, and from the hours of probably six in yeah. the evening till six in the morning. Yeah, so you mostly, can imagine mostly the drunk people. Yeah, you can imagine the buttes. So oh, sorry. Collect the people from a restaurant. It's a couple. I ring them to tell them I'm outside. They come out, and the the girl lights up a cigarette, and 
the, the guy goes to get into the car and asks her to put it out. And she leans in and asks, can she smoke? Smoke. I say, no, you can't. Because there's no smoking. It's banned. And I don't like it. So she says, I'll give you 20 euro. <laughs> no. <laughs> you still can't smoke. She was willing to pay to smoke. She was willing to pay. 30. No. <laughs> 40. Is there? No, I've said no. You're not. You're, I, I don't like it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you can. Fifty on a blowjob. <laughs> we'll different talk. story, but yeah. yeah. As long as the guy's not doing a blowjob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She pays. He sucks. Yeah. But see, eventually, I say you can stand there. The meter is going on. You can stand there and finish your cigarette. No problem with that. It ain't going to be forty quids or yeah. the meter, so. You just can't smoke in the car. So she does that, and they go off, stand beside the car and smoke. Then she gets in, and. Uh, Says to me, what what kind of uh, phone charger do you have? I'll pay you to use it. Like, <laughs> you can use it for free. <laughs> what is she fucking Donald Trump or something? I think so. Make it rain, just fucking money at you, like. I can do whatever I want once I pay for it. Okay. You can smoke in the car. You can't smoke in the car because I don't like it. Doesn't matter how much money you're offering once it's less than fifty. Yeah, and a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> and if the phone charger is compatible with yours, which it wasn't. You can use it for free. Yeah. You don't have to pay. Yeah, it's not on the meter. No. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> some people just assume because they have some money, they yeah, can get whatever they want. And was she some sort of a tough like? Or? Uh, not really, no. no. Where were they going? Uh, home. They were eating in a restaurant just off Baggett Street. Okay. They are going out home. I can't remember where. Right. Yeah, mm. I mean, because it is. It's, it's that weird mentality with people, um, you know, where... You know, I don't know. I mean, again, I think I do think to a degree it does be that certain element of snobbery. You know that sort of way. And yeah, I can do whatever I want because I, I can pay for it. Yeah, and I and I think you know the the weird thing is is generally people that carry on like that are generally people who think they've money as opposed to people who have money. Yeah. You know that sort of way because it's you know generally you know from my experience with the, 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 the greater public is that if you have money you don't need to tell anybody about it no. where if you think you have money or you know you they're generally the ones that like to brag and you know but it is but you know some people they they, they, they fascinate you with their the mentality shall we say like you know yeah. that's all I, like, I have ha- had had people come over to me and say knock on the meter we're going to be a few minutes we're talking I'm having a cigarette and that's no problem yeah like that's part of the deal like the yeah, meter's probably on already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the meter was on before you got there. Come on, and call us <laughs> paid a spade here. We will. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, because I remember, you know, I'm going to be that remember when guy now. But I remember years ago. I mean, I, I'm going back so long ago that it was a video shop I was working in, not even DVD video. That's a there long time ago. Cassettes for you kids out there, but uh, VHS, if you will. But I remember this woman returning a video, and again, I was in what would be considered a well-to-do part of Dublin, and. Again, I, I used to fucking hate it because it was. It was just it was just a breeding ground for fucking toffs and snobs and these sort of shite bags that just look down their nose at you. But anyway, this woman came in one day and, you know, there'd be a note on the account if a video was late or whatever to tell them that, you know, they owed whatever. I mean, at the time, it was probably two pounds or something like that. I don't know. It was ridiculous. It generally was two quid for a new release or something. Yeah, whatever it was. It used to be kind of like half of the rental fee again or something like that. But anyway, th- this woman, I informed her. She came in to rent a video and I informed her that, like, you know, there was a, a the last one was brought back late, and I mean she actually stood there to the point of where because I was a stubborn little bastard, I wouldn't back down, and she wasn't going to back down. But she was actually arguing the point to where she closed her account over the fact that it was impossible for her husband to be late because it was the husband who had returned. And I mean her logic was it was impossible for her husband to be late. I mean again it's just a rambling well, fucking late. lunatic. Like yeah, I mean but again it, but it's this it's this attitude of like you know what I mean. 
I'll just keep making enough fucking noise until this goes away, like, you know, that sort of way. And, you know, just point blank refusing to pay you two quid. I mean, like, I also worked in, it was a charpusters I worked in. And I also worked in Blanchardstown. I worked in Fisbra. I worked in, I think I've done a couple of shifts in Glass Nevin. And, I mean, generally, when you were in any sort of a working class area, if you told somebody there was money owed on the account, before you'd even told them how much... They were saying, okay, well, what do I owe you? Or they, they'd make sure that they handed you enough. Like, so, I mean, if the rental was a fiver, they'd hand you a tenner or something like that and just wait for change if there was yeah, any They wouldn't jail. argue the, the point. Yeah, they weren't going to argue the point over because, I mean, they would wholeheartedly acknowledge. Maybe that's how these fuckers have their money. I don't know because they're the sort of like to make noise. But it's like, you know, you'll always get these sort of people when you're out. And, I mean, I, I can't abide it. It's a, it's a horrible trait that, like, you know, they just... They just look for shit to give out about. You know, I don't know, they're bored at home, they've got too much fucking time, whatever. But these people that go out and just, you know, search. I mean, they go out for a meal and it's too hot, it's too cold. Yeah, they there's weren't something wrong, there's no bread. Yeah, they weren't served quick enough. They were served too quick. They got their main too fast. They didn't get their main fast enough. You know, and I, I mean, I'd love to know what the mindset is. Are, are they looking for something for free? Are they looking for money off? Are they just generally a fucking just, asshole? Like? Well, I think they're just an asshole. They just like to complain. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to complain, but some people just do it professionally. Yeah, but you see, that, that's the thing. I mean, the sort I am, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big man on confrontation. So I think I would be more the sort of how my complaint or my kind of protest would be to not go back to the place. Like, if I use a place and the service is absolutely dog shit, like, I'm going to turn around and kind of go, yeah, well, you know, the burger might have been nice or, you know, whatever, whatever it is you're doing. I mean, I'm using food as a reference here, but I'm not going to go back. And I'm probably most likely to. Excuse me. Probably most likely to actually, you know, actually voice my opinion to other people. Like, you know what I mean? I don't. Know. I mean, I'm a bit of a bitch. I'm not going to stand up and actually say it when I'm there, but I'll give out behind their back. But the, I mean? when we went to see Pearl Jam, it must be five years ago now. We oh, went for a kebab yeah. afterwards. The kebab was terrible. Yeah, was and I haven't gone back to the place since. Yeah, but I like a kebab, and it's closed. It it's gone. So I mean, like obviously we weren't the only ones who, the only ones who kind of boycotted it after getting such shoddy service. And I mean, and that wasn't even a late night pisshead kebab. Like, no, I mean that was that was at best half eleven at night maybe, yeah. and you know probably not even a weekend if I remember that was correctly. Midweek. Yeah. Definitely Monday to Thursday, yeah, and not late, and 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 we weren't drunk either. Like you know, I mean, we were coming in from a concert, like so. I mean, but that's the thing, and I mean, I think that that's a much better form of protest than just being that fucking yeah. asshole who's going to give out all the time. And and they're generally the sort that you know they're making a loud noise and they do this horrible thing where they nearly look around the room for approval of others. And that's, that's when it. I generally get this look of distaste as if to say, you moaning old cunt, you. you know, that's sort of way, yeah. It is, because, I mean, it actually happened in the bank last week. Um, it would have been, oh, it was either just before Christmas or just before, no, it would have been just before New Year's. I went into the bank and, you know, Bank of Ireland have this absolutely ridiculous policy now where they're, they're forcing these... Uh, automated machines on you. Okay. I mean, the staff. I mean, are they, how stupid are the fucking staff that they're, they're pushing their own yeah, replacement? Here, go away. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're we don't, we don't want our jobs. Yeah, it's like, I mean, take my job, give it to this machine over here. But there was these two old boys in front, and whatever they were doing or whatever they were associated with, I could only assume it was some sort of a club or, you know, a, a, a local thing. Because your man had a wad of fivers that was just, it was ridiculous. It was unnatural. He must have had about 200 fivers, like, you know. And so, through his own mistake of not reading the, the, the clear instructions on the machine of saying maximum of, I don't know, it's like, say, 50 notes or something like that. I'm not even sure if it's that high, but I think it is around that. And like he's wedging this fucking wad of notes in, and then the machine gets clogged up and spits it back out, and then it goes down to this power-down mode because it's saying there's an error. 
So he's you're caused to kill it. Yeah, he's caused the arrow by choking this thing to death with a bunch of fucking fivers, like, and then he's got the cheek to turn around and be given out, like, you know what I mean? Very clearly for everyone to hear and looking around for approval, like, you know. But I mean, I wouldn't even cross gaze with this guy because you wouldn't give him the t- the thought that you were actually approving of what he was doing yeah, or saying. I agree with you. Fight the machine. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's I mean, I'd as soon have tried to get the thing started again by banging his fucking head against it, like, you know, but it's the, you know, but they're the sort of people I'm talking about. These sort of fucking assholes that just give out for the sake of giving. I mean, I, I mean, here we are, we're yeah, giving we out. We give out. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, you know, you can give out, but there's a way of giving out, you know? You've got to be a little bit tactful about it and just not be that shy bag and the, that, that loud guy in the room, like, looking for everyone's attention. That's and stop trying to pay off taxi drivers to let them smoke in your car. Yeah, that's... Clearly, don't want, don't want you to. That's insane, like, I mean, uh, I don't... Like trying to pay it this morning—it's—it's yeah. it's bizarre, really. Is. If I'd have said yes, would she have given me the forty euro as well? Um, possibly not. No, yeah. I would—I I would I imagine she'd have argued the toss yeah. then when yeah. you got to wherever you're going. Yeah. She probably would. Like if the fare was fucking fifteen, she probably would have just rounded it up to twenty yeah. or something. I have like no that. way of asking for more than what's on the meter. No, and, and legally, you have no way of getting it either yeah. because you're technically the one that's breaking the law by letting her smoke. But that's people, you know. Now it was queer as folk, and know what they say. That's it. That's it. Evander Holyfield says you can get that fixed. Yeah, I mean, there you go. The you're gay, just tip down to the doctor, get it fixed. You know what I mean? It ain't natural, as the man says. But uh, that's been the Emerald Reprobates podcast, where we give out about giving out. Disgust, shit strippers, and even shit our comedies. And we warned you about the dangers of secondhand couches. And Jim Davison. Tune in next time to catch our reviews of Nowhere to Run and all the other crap we can come up with. You can like us on Facebook. It's forward slash Emerald Reprobates Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ERP Official, or you can email us at emeraldreprobates at gmail.com. <laughs>